The Padded Room Podcasting Network proudly presents Shock Treatment. My name is Darian, and with me again is the terrible twosome, the tag team champions of horror podcasting. It's the beast from the east, Little Miss Horror Nerd, Jessica Feeney. What's up, Feeney? You're really dorky, you know that? Hey, what? <laughs> Do- hey, I'm going to deal with you in a second, because over here on my <laughs> side of the house, I got the best from the west, the Mr. Dr. Dale L. Trenzi. Woo woo woo! You know it! You know it! He brought oh the thunder God. this he brought the thunder on a Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday thunder is what I call it. <laughs> What's going on with you guys? Feeney, how are you, baby doll? How's life over at the uh, Resurrection of Zombie 7 podcast? <laughs> um, it's fine. I'm not on every episode, so I've noticed that, and I don't care for that. I don't know what the deal is, but I need more Feeney in my life. I don't know. I mean, I think he's had Chantel on, and I'm not sure about Jordan, but Chantel's pr- pretty pregnant. Again? So she's got like 12 kids, dude. She's on her third, and she's having a girl. Oh, well, there you go, because she has two boys, and now this will make a... Well, it's funny, because when I found out she was pregnant, and I was talking to her about it, I was like, man, I hope that's a girl, or you're going to be outnumbered over there. She already is. Nobody needs that. Yeah, right? But yeah. at least she has somebody on her side. It's yeah, true. Know. It's true. <laughs> I love me some Chantel. Uh, but I love Miss Feeney a little bit more. And I also love Dr. Dale. What's up with you, big guy? Oh, uh, not a whole lot. No? I uh, rolled my ankle Monday night. You but... rolled your... What'd you do to your ankle? Uh, you, was... you break dancing. <laughs> Were you break dancing no. again? You son uh, of a bitch. I was walking home after work. Yeah? Uh, like, it was after 10. And, uh... There was a spot near my job where it's really, really dark, and I didn't see the asphalt and just rolled my ankle on it. And R- riveting story. And, and I think, on my knee. Can, can I just say one thing, and I hope neither one of you takes this personally, but I feel like you two are meant to be together. Jessica uh, will injure herself rolling out of bed in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah, I have fallen out of bed. I'm yeah. really, like... I'm not as bad though as I used to be. Dale with is clumsy. looking at me with stars in his eyes right now. <laughs> like, little well, little little heart emojis just popped up beneath him. I, I was well, like, I, I was at, I went to the the bowling alley to get food one night. Why would and you I go left. to the bowling alley? That is a that is an accident waiting to happen, my dear. <laughs> well, not to bowl. I just like the junk food that they serve at the snack bar. So I went there, and I, I was leaving, and it was, you know, light out still, because it was a couple of months ago. And I went to step down off the curb, and somehow I just fell straight down and landed on my ass. And Ron had already gone back inside, so he didn't even see me do it. And the, the guy, I had gotten an Uber, and the Uber guy was like, can I help you? And I was like, I am not drunk, I swear, because I know you probably pick up a lot of drunk people from this bar, adults as well as college students. I said, but I am not drunk. I said, I am just a wobbly person. Please believe me. Because I was so embarrassed. I'm like, what 45-year-old or 46-year-old goes around falling down all over the place and they're not even drunk? I'm, look- <laughs> I'm looking at one sitting right across from me right now, Miss <laughs> yeah, Feeney. I was 100% Here, sober, yeah. Here's what I want to do. I want to get you two together. I want to put you in an apartment, and then I want to put pool noodles all over the apartment so that that way neither one of you can hurt yourselves. Well, I mean, it had been a while since I had fallen. And actually, when I was in the hospital, I was they had all these notes all over my room that I was a fall risk. And you so are whenever, a fall risk. I, whenever I wanted to get up, somebody would come in and escort me where I wanted to go. I mean, eventually they let that uh, that that thing expired. Like I was allowed to get around on my own, but. <laughs> I just, I had no, I had no, I, I was, because I had, when I got to the rehab, I had no strength, because I'd been in, like, in a hospital bed for two and a half weeks, so uh, I just, all my strength was gone, and I was super wobbly, so they were escorting me everywhere, and it's funny, they give you, they, they have these things that are, they look like a big belt, like, it looks like a belt for a guy that weighs, like, 600 pounds, but what it is, is they strap it around you, and then they hold on to it while you walk so that if you start to fall, they can pull you back up. Because mm-hmm. they don't let you fall in. You sue the hospital, you know. But the first time they put one on me, I was like, what is this? I'm like, is this just like some random fat guy's belt? And they're like, <laughs> no. And they're like, these are made for this. Like, the, the hospital buys them, and they are specifically made for the purpose of keeping our patients from falling onto the floor. Absolutely. So. 
That's what that's what you both need. What we could do in this one bedroom apartment that I'm going to furnish for you guys, we can oh, we can rig up like a pulley system so that <laughs> you can like, you know, almost like you're repelling, but you can like lure like lower each other into the bathroom and things like that. Oh, great. That's what I'm saying. Lovely. I'm t- it's like, great. great. Yeah, put uh get his and hers helmets you can both wear. Right? Well, like, I'm not that accident prone. Uh, Jessica, I have managed not to break anything for a long time. My, by I that she means these... a year. <laughs> no, I mean I would uh, be good if I didn't have all these other health problems pop up trying to kill me. Uh-huh. So, all right, you two maniacs, this is shock treatment. Yeah. Uh, we're not here to talk about your accident-prone lives. We're here to talk about movies. Two of them, bad ones, worst ones we could find. This, my friend, in the <laughs> in the padded room network, is the season of the saw. We're doing all Chainsaw-related movies all month long for the month of October. Try to keep it to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which we're going to get into here in a second. But we had to reach a little bit outside the Texas uh, region for, for an episode of Shock Treatment. So without mm-hmm. further ado, I give you the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. August 18th, 1973, reports of a bizarre chainsaw-wielding family began to filter out of central Texas. Then silence. For 20 long years, nothing further was heard. 1995. Prom night isn't turning out the way you expected. You find yourself on the wrong road at the wrong time. About to come face to face with a living nightmare. Welcome to my world. The silence is over. He's dead now. Madness has returned. Four stars, terrifying and brilliant. This is the best horror film of the 90s. Family values have gone straight to hell. Genuinely scary and sharply self-satirical, Leatherface has a lot in common with the gender-bending killer in The Silence of the Lambs. I want these people to know the meaning of horror. You want scared? Have a look behind you. A long night, boys. I could use a little action. The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's right, inmates. It's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation from 1995. This one stars Renee Zellweger, Dr. Dale, Mm -hmm. and the Matthew McConaughey, Jessica Feeney. I know. It's got an R rating. It's written and directed by Kim Henkel and got 3.3 stars on IMDb. Can you believe it? Yeah, I think that is kind of unfair, but... Um, it's unfair, but I mean, this is a bad movie, my friends. I hate to admit it because, I mean, I, I, there's no way around it. I can't not admit it. It's a bad movie. But there is reason in rhyme to this madness, and I'll get into that in a second. Uh, written and directed by Kim Hinkle. Does that name ring any bells to anybody? Yeah, I think that was um, some, was it the writer of the first one? He was part of the production team on the first one. Toby Hooper actually did the first one, but this guy was part of the inception of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from the beginning, which makes this that much more confusing to me because I don't, I mean, he's steeped in Sawyer lore and Texas Chainsaw Massacre mythos. What the fuck (sighs) is this business here? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it, man. Weird. So yeah, we're gonna start off at a prom of all places. Yeah, apparently somewhere in Texas, we're gonna meet Renee Zellweger. She plays a young lady named Jenny. Uh, three of her good friends, her boy, pseudo boyfriend. I don't know what their deal was. Guy by the name of Sean. Uh, her other friend uh, Heather and her boyfriend Barry. A uh, little bit of a drama going on here at the prom. Turns out Barry is cheating on Heather, gets caught in the process, and has to haul ass out of there. Actually, I think <laughs> Heather tried to run him over in the parking lot, but he jumped in the car at the last minute. <laughs> How much did this remind you of your prom experience, Jessica Feeney? I didn't go to mine. Me neither. Welcome. I went to like one of the freshman dances, but I didn't go to the 
senior or the junior proms? I went to one prom, and it wasn't even my school. It was a school down in southern Nevada, a little place called Tonopah. That's a whole other story, though. So from there, we're going to get our standard fare uh, horror movie road trip mix of the car breaking down, actually getting into an accident, and then uh, out in the Texas, I guess, Texas wilderness. This place didn't look much like Texas to me. It looked more like Northern California. Yeah. Right? Well, honestly, well, I don't know what Texas looks like. I've never been there. I have been to California, but I've only been to San Francisco. Oh, you got you so, got the right idea, though. Well, yeah. I mean, if you if you take a look at the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that was shot in Texas. Yeah, look at that. Like I mean, armad- yeah, it's, it's like the way that it looked and the critters and stuff like that. There are critters, from what I understand. Yeah. Yes. So from there, we get accosted by. Uh, oh God, how would you explain this dude? Uh, his name is Vilmer. He's got a bionic leg that is somehow controlled by TV and and DVD remotes, or I guess VHS remotes. Really, yeah. we're talking 1995 here. Yeah. Uh, he's a crazy tow truck driver. He kills off Sean, who decides to stay with the young man that was also in the accident, while Barry, Heather, and Jenny just go wandering off into the wilderness to find a real estate office. Yeah. Of all things. <laughs> Which is kind of out of place. Yeah. And a very yeah. attractive young lady working at said real, real estate office with some very fake boobies. Yeah, this was very confusing. I was like, what is this woman doing? This has this, nothing like... to do with anything, Jessica Feeney. What are we <laughs> even doing here? What's going on? I don't know. And, and I remember uh, saying this at the time, but these characters are probably the stupidest characters in a horror movie that i've ever come in contact with okay like, I'll, just completely brainless I'll, gr- I'll grant you that there's two people that i'm in love with in this movie number one is vilmer uh played by matthew mcconaughey i thought well, he, he, he killed it like, i loved him killed it i loved him he, this this is a a force du jour i don't know if that's the, yeah, I the mean, phrase i'm looking for it because pr- sometimes when you see people that are now really famous in old old horror old like horror movies you can't really tell like were they always good or like the the performance is something that they don't really need to put like kevin bacon and and friday the 13th he didn't really need to put a lot into that performance right so you don't really know obviously matthew mcconaughey was an awesome great actor even back then i agree you think about something silly like this and then i forget the name of the 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 movie that he did about the guy that had gotten AIDS and then went looking for drugs to help other people. He got like an Academy Award nomination oh, uh, for it. Texas by uh, Dallas Dallas Buyers Club. Or yes, something like that. Yeah. Yes, it was ba- it was based on the story of a true guy, a real guy. Correct. That I mean, I was thinking about that performance and then about this, and I was just like, damn, like he was always a great actor. He was. I agree, and he fully committed to this batshit crazy role and yes let's be honest a fairly poorly written character because this dude is all over the fucking place but uh i yes. love him uh renee zellweger okay she did okay yeah. i mean her character is kind of two-dimensional at best and really yeah. her job is to run around and be hot and she i feel she did okay with that yeah it's funny because they try to make her be i hate when they do that too like why not just have like an ugly girl like, they always try to take these hot girls and say that they're the ugly girl in the group, and it's just ridiculous. Like, they put glasses on them, and then, oh, the person's supposed to be, the girl's supposedly, supposedly homely. I'm like, what the fuck? She was wearing glasses, Jessica. There's no way. There's <laughs> no way I would even give her the time of day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so silly. Like, why not just get an ugly girl in the group i mean even if you're not going to have her as your main girl because obviously she was supposed to be the final girl right i mean just get like an a girl that's actually ugly i agree with you (laughs) Uh, but i mean ugly women generally do not pursue careers in acting so i would imagine finding (laughs) one could be quite difficult if you're some kind of a casting agent regardless uh we get to this bizarro real estate agent's office who is very attractive uh, yeah. With with a uh, big fake rack on her, and uh, apparently, how did you know her boobs were fake? Uh, well, I well, first off, she came right out and said it. At one point, she actually said they're as fake as three dollar bills, but worth every penny. Oh, so, well, do we know they're fake in real life? I don't know, I mean, and and that brings me to my next question. We do get to <laughs> we do get to see these puppies for a second, 
but they don't appear to be attached to the actress that was playing the uh, the. Oh, real... I must have missed that. Jeez. Well, so no. What happened is, and this is even more crazy. Somebody drives by the real estate office while they're there trying to use the phone, throws a brick through the window, which then, of course, causes her to flash them through the window. Am I right, Doctor uh, Dale? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I must have blinked and missed that one. It, it's very fast, and it, you're okay. you're lucky that I happen to have a like a booby radar because I'm. Mr. On the Spot when it comes to nipples. And I saw him. I think it was the wife of the old guy across the street. She said it could be that or yeah. it could be like some kids. Yeah. Because apparently she'll flash you. <laughs> any, any kind of petty act of vandalism will get you, get her top off. Exactly. So there you go. I'm going to start throwing more rocks through windows. <laughs> so that's kind of weird. Uh, she calls and she says, okay, I called my, my, my man, Vilmer. He's going to meet you with his tow truck. He's going to get you out of there. Because the, while their car is wrecked, it's not. it still starts. It's just stuck in this ditch. So now yeah. we're going to cut back to Sean, who's there with the accident victim. Vilmer, played by Matthew McConaughey, shows up and immediately kills the accident victim. Yeah, he was yeah. like, <laughs> he's dead. He's like, no, he's not. And he's like, snaps his neck. Well, he's dead now. <laughs> All right. Now, about this Matthew McConaughey character, Vilmer. He's got himself a bionic leg, hastily made using what I would assume to be household parts. Was it just me, or was there a vacuum tube running out of his anus? I know what you're talking about. It's like the part on the vacuum that's like looks like a slinky. Yes. Yeah. It looked like it was going into the back of his pants. Yeah, I don't know. What is going on there, Dr. I don't even understand why he had this bionic leg. I I don't understand it either. That's something that anyone would put on you if you lost your leg. I mean, I've seen lots of different versions of prosthetic legs, and I've never seen anything that looked like that. Nothing (laughs) that is operated by television remote, Jessica Feeney. No. But we're going to get to that in a second. So... Uh, Vilmer shows up at the wreckage, kills the guy, uh, does a little cat and mouse game with Sean, or was that his name, Sean? I think it was Sean. Mm-hmm. Sean, for a few minutes, eventually kills him also. Now, while that's yeah. going on, uh, our three uh, remaining teenagers have split up because Heather and Barry, whose dad is a doctor, I should tell you right now, yeah. and that's very important, <laughs> that's going to come into play here in yeah. a second, have gone chasing a random car down a road. While Jenny just seemed to stand there at the crossroads, very confused. Uh, I'm not sure about what, but she decides to walk off in the opposite direction. Okay, all right, fair enough. Who does that? I like, don't know. if we were stuck in the woods like that, and would you recommend that I walk off by myself? Well, more to the point, Jessica Feeney, if Dr. Dale and I go hauling ass after a car, are you not at least going to try to keep up with us for a few uh, feet? Yeah. She just yeah, stands I, there. She just stands there, very confused. Well, I know. Where, where are you guys going? What did I hear something? What is that? All right, I'm gonna go <laughs> this way then. See ya. Yeah, I, it boggles uh, the mind. It boggles the mind, and this is this is what I call poor writing, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> so basically, we needed a, a reason to separate these kids, but we couldn't come up with a reason. So, yeah, uh, you guys go this way; she'll go that way, and we'll just hope that nobody notices. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Jenny is heading on down the road. She gets then accosted by the uh, tow truck driving Vilmer, who gets her in the car, and uh, he's like, "I'm gonna take you back to your boyfriend." And then uh, freaks right out on her. He's like, hey, look in the back. I'm going to show you something scary. She looks in the back, of course, and there is dead Sean, along with the dead uh, motorist. And they're like dangling from the tow truck, uh, whatever, the hoist. Yeah, but, and also, it just seemed like he didn't really want to do anything to hurt her physically, for real, for real. Like, he seemed like he wanted to fuck her the whole movie. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't interested in killing her. (laughs) Well, I tell you what. If I had to pick between the real estate agent and Renee Zellweger, uh, I think I'm going to go with that real estate agent with the fake cans. Really? Yeah. She had a body on her, and uh, later on... I mean, she was an attractive lady, for sure. She was. And later on, when she gets all sluttied up, it's even more uh, exciting for me, personally. Because Renee Zellweger (laughs) just looks... I mean, she uh, Renee Zellweger is obviously very hot, but as the movie progresses, she gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so now we're going to cut back to Heather and Barry, who've made it to the house. 
Now, all right, it's it's a house. Now, Feeney, you've seen the rest of the Chainsaw Massacre movies, have you not? Yeah, I've seen all of them except for maybe one. Do you remember anything about anything? I know you're notorious for forgetting about horror movies. Oh, don't listen to the things that Ron says. He's always wanting me to remember something I saw one time 30 years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know, busted. Their house was busted looking for sure. Right. It was not a nice house, which... No. I mean, this did look busted from the outside, and I mean, they did sort of try to do a callback to the first movie with um, somebody got hit over the head and dragged inside. That's exactly right. At the beginning, uh, they try knocking on the door. Nobody answers. Barry decides he's going to try to break in, so he starts skulking around the back, and that's about the time we get to meet our new Leatherface. Oh my god. You're gonna, Terrible. You're gonna make you not you don't care for the new leather face? Oh. I mean he just was screaming and crying the whole time. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know what this dude's problem is, but uh he comes out and we get a little bit of a callback to the first movie as Feeney alluded to. Uh he grabs her, Heather, from behind and pulls her into the house, just like we saw in the first movie. Uh Barry manages to break in. Heather gets herself meat hooked. Again, very similar to the first movie, and put into yeah. a freezer, which was kind of a neat little callback. Uh, while that's happening, Barry gets in and then kind of like gets skulking around and gets accosted by another guy, a guy by the name of W.E. Sawyer. Now, if you're paying attention, and you, you really got to follow the Sawyer mythos here, because there is no W.E. Sawyer except at the mm-hmm. beginning of Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three, in which during the opening monologue slash disclaimer, a mention of a W.E. Sawyer being apprehended is uh, made. But yeah, yeah, it's it, part three doesn't make a whole lot of sense either because uh, Jeb Sawyer, who should be our Leatherface, is now referred to as Junior, and there's no mention of any Sawyer clan or residents or anybody of any oh. Sawyer. There's no Sawyers in Texas Chainsaw 3. And there's no Sawyers in this one either, which doesn't make a lot of sense. And then also, what was going on with the wig that they had on top of this guy's real hair, like a hat? I don't know. I don't (laughs) understand. What was that? What's the purpose of that? I don't know, man. I think, I mean... I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've I've extensively read the trivia to this movie to try to make left or right out of it. There's no mention of that. Um, there's zero casualties made by chainsaw. Nobody gets killed with a chainsaw in this. Yeah, well, that was another thing I kept thinking is like no. Other than those two deaths of the accident victim and the boyfriend, like I felt like there there was a lot of chasing there and. Is torturing yeah but people weren't dying well i think the the main thing is that her friend heather is actually tough as fucking nails yeah i know like who gets put on a meat hook and then somehow i don't remember how she got down but then she's just like running around like that she just shows up she I, i don't you don't get to see her get down she just shows up in the middle of the road 20 minutes later what yeah, the, like, what the what fuck the happened fuck? here i have no idea Anyway, I don't think that you'd be able to get yourself down from that, let alone that your spine would be intact. No way. Once you did get down, I mean, spine that that would technically penetrate your lungs, and you would suffocate on your own blood. Yeah, I I, I was just I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get any of this. And was and do you? Uh, so remember how Leatherface was wearing the? He was cross dressing. He was. Thing he does. No. Or did I forget? No. Or was he doing that in other movies? No. No, there is... Just, just wearing skin on his face that belonged to somebody else at one time, but not actually cross-dressing. He will put makeup on the skin. If you remember the dinner right. scene from uh, the yeah. first Texas... He will wear makeup. Sure. Right. Uh, but this but, but whole... Not a, not a dress and no. and all this... No. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 what no, no. going on? No. I was like, what is happening? I don't when know. Is he a drag queen or transgender uh he's sexually confused he's asexual <laughs> i guess is what i don't know i don't know man uh so that that happens uh the boyfriend gets in and gets the hammer treatment and w- complete with leg spasms which is another little cute little call callback back. yeah so that's very nice uh while that's going on uh 
what's her name? Jenny uh, actually jumps from the vehicle, from the, the tow truck, and goes running off into the woods. Uh, Vilmer's like, all right, I'm just going to leave you out here. You're going to wish you came with me. And he takes off, and now she's running around out in the woods. She, of course, comes across the exact same house where all this shit has just gone down and goes up there and tries to get help. Uh, she goes in there, sees that her friends are, you know, all strung up and shit. And here comes our, uh, tranny leather face or whatever you want to call her to chase her through the woods. So she goes hauling ass through the woods. Leatherface is chasing her. She goes right back to the real estate office and like, Oh my God, you got to help me. Help me. There's a guy with a chainsaw. And the real estate agent has a gun and she goes out there and she's like, I told you little shits to fuck off. And then she's like, it's yeah. okay, sweetie. It's fine. So she goes in there, gets on the phone, calls Vilmer. Vilmer comes in, or actually calls W.E. Yeah. W.E. comes in, and he's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her a hand. And she's like, why didn't you bring a gunny sack? This is, almost, this is almost like a much dumber remake of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because <laughs> this is exactly what happened in the first one. Yeah. Sally Hardesty. Yeah, and right. And there's nothing scary about any of these people, is there? Um, no. Actually, I think I want to have sex with more people in this movie. Than I do, than I'd be afraid of being killed by. Yeah, right. So, like, this the is the only a... one who's kind of scary is Matthew McConaughey's character because he's really like oh. unpredictable. Oh, he's one of the of... He, no, he's one of the people I want to have sex with. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh god. No, it's it's weird, man. Because this is, I mean, if you look at the beats of this story, it is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All we need is a fat guy in a wheelchair, and we're pretty much there. Yeah. So this would be yeah. the, this would be the part where uh, Sally Hardesty makes it back to the gas station and Drayton Sawyer acts like he's going to help her, but then he comes back yeah. in with a gunny sack. And that's exactly what yeah. happens here. Uh, they put Renee Zellweger in a actually a garbage bag. I think it was this time, right, Dale? Yeah. yeah. And then they take her back to the house where they give her the same exact treatment as uh, Sally Hardesty. They put her in a chair and get her ready for dinner. Oh, well, they also dropped. But, they went to the... Uh, they got pizzas. Yeah. They stopped and got pizzas. Some kind of fast food yeah, place. Yeah, well, girlfriend did. <laughs> what Pe- the fuck? You're supposed to be cannibals. <laughs> what are you getting pizzas for? It was pizzas and, and uh, burgers, I think. Yeah. Which is actually a pretty good idea for a business. You don't yeah. see many drive through pizza places. Yeah, you don't. Not like that. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> I would I would, I would, would not mind a drive, like a 2 a.m. drive through pizza place. It's kind of funny how she just tells the teller, tells the uh, cashier, "Oh yeah, I got a person locked in the." Uh, yeah, she was going to let him see too. Yeah, what? You might be able to find. You could probably find good, like real pizza, like the kind of Italian people make. None of this other crap that's floating around out there. Yeah, but you uh, can't get it from a drive-through window. No, I was going to say you could probably get it in the middle of the night in either New York City or Philly. Oh, I'm sure. But not, yeah, but there used to be a really good pizza place that you could walk to near my old apartment in Philly, and it was like p- Italian people made the pizza. It was good pizza. Yeah, in times and it was open until like two or three o'clock in the morning, but there was no driving through. No, but it, in Times Square they used to have the pizza places with the window. We just walk up to the oh, window. Oh yeah! But you could only get it by the slice. There is always phenomenal okay. pizza, but not anyway. a whole pizza, but yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, and now I'm hungry for pizza, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. that's the other thing. Like when she's at the pizza place, Renee is in the back of the car. Yeah. And she's like screaming and something, and then she like comes back, and she's like nice to her. I'm like, I don't understand. Like she's like, oh, you can't breathe. Let me poke a hole in the trash bag for you. She was very sweet, actually. Yeah, the, uh, I was like, what is happening? I mean, I don't know. See that this doesn't fit into anything. There because is... she wasn't really supposed to be part of that. Like there was no outsider involved no. that I can remember in the original Texas Texas Chainsaw. I mean, she was his girlfriend, but she wasn't part of that family. Like she was the only normal one. That was there. Really. Well, I don't know if normal is a, the word I'd No, use. but you know what I said? I mean, wearing like normal clothes and not screaming or murdering people. True. Or, well, you know, I mean, she is helping in the apprehension, but there, there's like a backstory to this young lady. We'll get there in a second. Uh, so that's pretty, pretty wacky. They get a pizza and then they come back and I, I don't think they actually have any intention of eating anybody. Yeah, and this no. is going to get this is going to get even weirder here in a second. But they they take they put Renee in for dinner and they put like a weird eighties uh, glamorous dress on her and they do her up and then they wake her up and they're like, okay, we're going to have dinner. And then here comes uh, 
Matthew McConaughey with a very Otis Driftwood-esque monologue about how you don't know shit and I'm a fucking, I'm going to tell you what's going on and all this horse shit. Uh, and this part really fucking chaps my ass because Leatherface <laughs> comes up. He is now in full drag. He's got the wig yeah, and he's wearing a... what is going on? I don't know. He's wearing a dress, for Christ's sakes. Jessica? And I don't think drag queens would like that, um, you know, that he's per, per, like uh, representing them that way. I mean, he was hideous. Drag queens are not hideous. They're usually like beautiful and have better clothes and makeup than biological women do. I agree with that, but I don't think any any drag queen would really <laughs> I mean I don't think they're 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 using the Texas Chainsaw Massacre the next generation as like a a cornerstone. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, definitely not. That's what I mean. He's a poor representation of a real Right, but oh I mean, God. in the in the context of this movie, he's not like doing a talent show or anything like that. No, no he is this, not. This is just his dinnerware, Jessica. Yeah, cl- clearly he's cobbled together that outfit and that mess on his head. It makes him feel uh, sexy. Yeah, so, <laughs> so disturbing. Here's the part. Here's the part that particularly chaps my ass. Uh, Renee or uh, Jenny is all freaked out. She's screaming, just very Sally Hardesty esque, and you know everybody's making fun of her. And we have this other W. E. Sawyer guy that it just keeps quote quoting people for no apparent reason. I know. Um, at one point, uh, Renee gets loose, and everybody's like, "Get her!" But instead of actually getting her, she just like starts berating everybody and <laughs> basically like tells Leatherface to sh- sit down and shut up. Yeah, sit the fuck down. <laughs> and Leatherface does it. I know. Who the fuck is this guy? This is not okay. This is not uh, Jeb Sawyer. No. This is not Thomas Hewitt. No. I don't know who the fuck. Well, can I just tell you the person that played leatherface in this movie yeah died six six years after the movie was released he died well, he was only like 40 and i was like he probably died from embarrassment from oh doing this movie. i mean <laughs> i I, oh. Oh. I just think the character was you know um mentally you know uh ch- challenge type well obviously yes you know, it's just... well i think leatherface is not IQ problems for sure. Well, yeah, and if you get into but, the backstory of the Sawyers, then you know where that came from, and it makes sense. Right. But uh, cross-dressing and uh, no. doing this not yet, and taking a tongue lashing from what is supposed to be a sixteen-year-old girl and getting dressed down by her is not in his DNA. No, you know this. this none of this makes sense, man. No. Well, even like before you first did the the first attack, I. It, it seemed like he was just kind of curious, you know, like how he was just approaching her from behind and all that. Okay, fair enough. But uh, if you follow the lineage of Leatherface and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, that's not how he operates. No. So, re- and if you think about it, really, he's not even the villain in this movie. Matthew McConaughey is. Yeah. He's more mm-hmm. of like a uh, set dressing. He's like a prop. Yeah. Yep. Oh, fuck off. I think he this. was just abused and just... I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. This guy is not Leatherface. He's no. not Jeb Sawyer, no. and he's not Thomas no. Hewitt. So whatever. All right. Anyway, so she gets out. We get a we get a pretty neat little chase scene where they like chase her around the house. She gets up on the roof, gets on the satellite dish, does like yeah. a zipline move from the satellite dish down to the way. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't think that was Renee Zellweger, but it was whoever that did that was firing on all cylinders. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was probably like a guy. Right? Like some skinny uh, Eastern European dude. (laughs) You know, although he didn't kill anybody with a chainsaw, he did murder a few doors. He did. He kicked the shit out of that house, buddy. He put a beating on that house. Uh, (laughs) All right. So that's it. But needless to say, they capture her again and bring her back and sit her back down at the table. And uh, this is the point where we get like some what is supposed to be exploratory dialogue between the uh, real estate agent and Jenny. The real estate agent explains that Zelmer works for the Illuminati, Dr. Dale. Yeah, yeah didn't they like listening devices? In the- yeah, and uh, he apparently put a explosive chip in her head. So 
if she tries to leave, her head will just explode. Yeah. Now, I would love to say, okay, this is clearly a family of crazies. Yeah, I was trying to determine if they were serious about that or if that was some sort of nonsense he was telling her. That well, guy in the limousine pulls up. Five minutes later, a fucking limousine pulls up, Jessica, and out comes a couple of dudes with expensive suits. Yeah. I hated that. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I know. Okay. And you know what? It's not a good movie, but I was kind of enjoying it, especially because of Matthew McConaughey until that point. And then when those two freaking guys showed up, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I have. Uh, we're officially off the rails. Now, I would not be nearly as mad Ugh. at this if this was not, if this was just like a standalone horror film, just like some 80s, right. uh, you know, teenage rump and, you know, there's boobies right. and stuff like that. That's fine. I get that. But you slap the Texas Chainsaw Massacre moniker on it. And I let's know. not forget that this movie is written and directed by Kim Hankel, who was part of the original production team. Yeah. So what the fuck is actually going on here, dude? Who is this guy know. in a suit? Well, it's supposed to be know. some kind of experiment. All right. Uh, so, in horror. well, we're going to try and figure this out. <laughs> this guy gets out and he starts, oh, he's got a weird accent. It sounded like almost Cajun or something. I don't know where he's supposed yeah. to be from. He's like, hey, you're supposed to, what are you doing, Velmer? You're supposed to be giving these people pure horror. So, okay, he's supposed to scare the shit out of these people. Yeah. Is he not supposed to kill them? Because that seems like it's going too far. If you're dead, you're not scared, right? Yeah. And in a weird move, this guy starts unbuttoning his shirt, and we find out that he's got a bunch of weird scars and piercings like around his belly button. Yeah, and then why was he licking her face? I don't know, Feeny. I don't know. None of this makes sense at all. I mean, normally when movies don't make sense to me, I go watch a YouTube video about it or I look it up. I didn't even care. I was like, this makes no sense to anybody, I'm sure. I tried. I tried I tried to do some, uh, put some legwork into this and figure out what, what, what I missed uh, or what yeah, was cut yeah, out of the movie. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. No, there's nothing, so. man. There's, uh, I put it into Google and Google gave me a middle finger. It said no. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I mean, it's like the person that wrote this was on some kind of drugs. Okay. I don't know. You're, you're right, and there is an explanation. It, the explanation makes even less sense in the movie, but we'll oh, get to that God. here in a few minutes, okay? Okay. So that's all well and good. We get another escape sequence by um, Jenny. Uh, this time, she manages to commandeer the remote to uh, Vilmer's bionic leg. So she she basically pauses him and then goes hauling ass. Oh yeah, which is particularly stupid. Uh, goes running out into the woods. Uh, I'm going to cut through a lot of this because it doesn't make sense and it doesn't really. It's not really pertinent to the movie. But we get an escape sequence very similar to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, in which she's all beaten and bloody and fucked up and walking down the road, and somebody pulls up and uh, scoops her up. Well, first it first involves a crop dusting plane. Which uh, the RV was first dips down low and and kills Vilmer, like hits him with the propeller. I thought the RV yeah. were the old people. Well, yeah, first up. the RV, then the crop dusting plane, then a second limo rolls up. I thought and it was the first one. I don't. I don't think it was the same guy. I oh. could be wrong. There may be two different guys. They yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, and then she rides off with this dude in a limo, and she's all beaten and bloody. And he's like, you know, it's, I'm very sorry about all this, and he. You know, and that's pretty much the end of your movie. Now, let me ex- let me explain what I found out about this and what I think Kim Hinkle was going for. Um, apparent, it has become apparent to me that this was supposed to be some kind of a spoof slash satirical piece directed at um, the the kind of the down the downward slump of horror in the late eighties and early nineties. So what we have here is a bunch of killers not killing anybody. Keep fucking that up. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Look at all the shit they did to Heather. They put her on a meat hook. They hit her with hammers. They lit her on fire. And at the end, she's still crawling away. Yeah. That's either one well, tough... Is she still alive? Yeah. Yeah. After the after the oh. fire sequence, she's like, oh, get me out of here. But didn't he, st- didn't he then stand on her or stomp on her or something like that and kill her? He might have. Either way, she should have been dead in the first sequence, but she still right. keeps coming back. So either that's one tough bitch or these killers are completely inept. <laughs> so either way, uh, I th- that's what that's that was Kim Hankel's explanation of this movie, is that it was oh. one big spoof 
of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise and horror in general of the era. Well, we didn't need that. I mean, fuck, man. <laughs> Why are you going to ruin a really great movie with this piece of shit? It was a, it was a good franchise. Yeah. And I will say that while Texas Chainsaw 3, Leatherface, didn't make didn't really fit into the Sawyer mythos or any continuity of the the rest of the franchise. It wasn't bad. It 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 uh, it went off the rails a little bit, but this one right into the dumpster, man, off the rails and com- like out the window and into the next neighborhood somewhere. Well, so I liked the remake, but I liked the remake whenever- also. Yeah, but the the original is still the best to me because it's way more just creepy and dirty and dusty and fuzzy looking. See, that's what did, you need in right, the, in the see, Texas Chainsaw right. Massacre, and that and that makes it scary. the The problem, the the only problem that I have with the remake is that it's a lot more polished looking, and I think the unpolishedness of the first one made it scarier. Um, and I also saw that one with, um, I love this actress, Alexandra Daddario. That's good stuff, yes. As I like so to, hot. As I like to call it, the nipple slip that never happened. Oh, she is like the hottest hottest actress ever. It's just I ridiculous. I would do some things to her that oh, I will not. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, she's, just the, she's just the bomb. I agree. Uh, so I saw that movie, and I really um, didn't dislike it didn't love it. I mean, I just kind of liked it. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love how Leatherface was portrayed in that one either because I felt like he, they they kind of made you feel sorry for him. Yeah. Which I don't know that that's a good thing when the person's supposed to be the killer Well, that's to the, feel sorry for them. That's the turnabout you know? that happens in all these franchises at some point. At some point, we stop yeah. being afraid of the killers and we start rooting for them. And that's when we go yeah. from horror to like action, dark action or something like that, you know. But I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but this just was a mess. Like, I don't think this. Oh, I wish they could just, it, with the exception of Matthew. I agree. Because I wasn't even really that impressed with Renee. Like, I wouldn't have been able to tell that she was going to go on to be. And she's actually a really good actress. Like she was just played Judy Garland mm-hmm. and has gotten nominated for that. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I would, but I would never have been able to tell that she was going to go on to do such great roles. Whereas Matthew is, it was total is a hundred percent clear that he was excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. He was like the shining thing in this whole mess. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we like to keep things positive here in Shock Treatment, so we are now going to say three good things about this movie. Dr. Dale, why don't you hit us up first? Oh, you do it first. You want me to go first? All right. Um, I don't know who the body double was for the real estate agent, but whoever's boobs got flashed out the window, that was a nice (laughs) nice set of boobies right there. (laughs) They probably weren't real, and I'm fine with that. I, I accept all boobies of shapes and sizes and colors, and those ones were very nice. All right, Jessica, tell me something good about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Um, well, I mean, just, McC- I, I don't think I, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. McConaughey was good. Uh, oh, my God. I mean, I really could not believe how great he was in this movie. Because for sure, I thought, well, this was a long time ago. He was literally half the age that he is now when this movie came mm-hmm. out. And I was just like, there's no way. He probably, like, just kind of phoned it in or whatever for this. No way, man. He just fucking killed it, even though this is a total piece of shit. That's true. <laughs> he ate up a lot of screen. <laughs> I, I mean, he that. really, he carried the movie. Like, if, this would have been probably completely unwatchable without him. Like, had they cast somebody else in his role. I agree. I don't even think you could have watched it. I agree. I mean, it's not all that watchable even with him. No. Uh, but when when you when you come into a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie and you reach a point where you're more afraid of somebody besides Leatherface, you, you've accomplished yeah. something, and I'm I'm with you <laughs> on that. All right, Dale. And also, oh, well, I was just gonna say. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't true back then, but I kind of would prefer horror movies that have people that you don't know in them. 
because I think it makes it also scarier. Like, if they did this movie now, I, I'm not, I mean, he still would have been the same quality of actor. Right. But I don't even know if he could have pulled off being as scary as, like, the psycho that he was. Because then you're imagining in all these other famous roles they've done, and you can't really... You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of think that the horror movies that have a lot of unknowns in them, mm -hmm. as long as they're good at what they do, I kind of like those better. I would agree. Then, you know? Yeah, I agree. Dale, tell me what you liked about this movie. I liked how uh, when he ran, ran someone over, he made sure the job was done. He kept going back and forth, back and forth. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he made sure that person That's true. was dead. Yeah, he, uh, he made a speed bump out of Sean. But I tell you what, though, and this also kind of speaks to the dumbness of this. For as many times as he backed over and ran over Sean, when he strung up his body in the back of the cab, Sean had like a bloody nose. Yeah, and that was it. It should have been a pool of blood. He should have had the perfect tri tire treads yeah. on his face, like they do in the cartoons. You know, yeah. ah, whatever. Should have had to, you know, scrape him off the <laughs> yeah, with the snow shovel. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. You guys ready to roll into our second movie of the night? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, let's check out a trailer. Hurry up, stupid, and bring me a plastic bag to junk this stuff. Jesus, will you look at this? Something's been butchered up here. Let's hope it was an animal. I never saw so much blood. Oh, we better search the place. Oh, it's Mrs. It's Mrs. Reston. I knew it. I knew something awful had happened. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get her out of here. Call the station. A little Timmy. You ready? Big man, mommy, mommy. Oh, Timmy. Where's mommy? Where's Take mommy? it easy, kid. You're safe now. Where's the father? He's away in Europe with the Air Force. But there's an aunt. She lives an hour away. I'll call her and take him over there. Where's mommy? Oh, this where's is mommy? terrible. Normally, we wouldn't let pieces into shock treatment because it got much too high of a rating on IMDb. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. I feel God, it would have been so much harder to find something, I think, if you had, if you had put that on there. You know, like if it had to be under five. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's what we did last time. That's how we ended up with Gacy and the Monster Project, remember? Oh. That's, okay. You ready? Yeah. That's right, inmates. We're talking about Pieces from 1982. This one got 6.2 stars on IMDb. It was written by Dick Randall and directed by Juan Piquere Simone. Stars the Jack Taylor of Blind Dead fame, Christopher George, and Linda Day George. This one's from 1982, Dale. Yeah. Talk about so, chainsaw killers. What I didn't know about this movie when I picked it and I found out while I was watching it. Because I'm watching it on Shudder, mm -hmm. which 
would not be a crappy quality, hopefully. No. Um, and I'm like, why do the words not match the lips? This is it's te- a, this is Spanish. technically yeah. I was going to say this is technically a foreign film. Back <laughs> back then, the for- I mean, uh, the I the majority of the cast was American. It was shot yeah. in Spain, but back then, this was part of that era, or at least in European movie-wise, this was part of the era where they shot the film and then went back and then shot the, the dialogue separate, Ugh, or recorded it separate. terrible. Why did they ever do that? I don't know, Ugh. man. They did it with all the, all the Italian movies, all the uh, Spanish yeah. movies, you know, I don't, I, I don't yeah. understand that, but I imagine it has something to do with the technology at their disposal. This one is supposed to take place at Boston College. Uh, you'll know right off the bat that it takes place somewhere else because all the the cars have the great big long license plates. Oh yeah. And if you're really paying attention, you'll notice that the steering wheels are on the wrong side too. Yeah. Not to nitpick this one because this one is actually a pretty good show. I felt like. Uh, really? You didn't like this one, Feeny? I had seen it before, and I maybe I liked it when i saw it the last time which was could have been a while ago okay but i wasn't as you know impressed on my second viewing what we're basically looking at here kiddos is a giallo it's got all the pacings of a giallo it's got all the murder mystery elements of a giallo it's even got all the nudity of a giallo plenty of nudity in this one dr dale yeah you must have been happy i kept thinking i was actually thinking about you and i was like you must be happy that there's boobs in this i am excited for boobies and there are plenty in this one and a a light dusting of 70s bush which is uh you know it it pokes out of the, the leotard from time to time um, so what basically that's basically the crux of the story is that we you're have... right I kept wanting to think I kept thinking like why does this seem familiar like not that I'd already seen it before but like it reminded me of other movies that I oh yeah and now that you say that it does it is like a giallo it movie, is it is a sure giallo. yeah yeah uh, there's a certain formula that you have to follow for to be labeled a giallo and this one fits right in there uh, the killer has to wear black leather gloves which he does <laughs> The kill scenes have to be a little over the top and plenty of nudity. We got both of that. And then at the end, the killer has to be revealed as an innocuous character from the first act, which is exactly what we got. Uh, Mm -hmm. They decided to sprinkle a little red herring in there, a little MacGuffin for us, by bringing in (laughs) Bluto from Popeye. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jessica, if you're wondering what Dr. Dale actually looks like, you just saw him. He's Paul Smith from Pieces. Oh, boy. Or Willard the Gardener. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's basically the crux of the story. We have uh, a cop that comes in to try to solve this. We start off, actually, with a flashback to a kid trying right. to put together a pornographic jigsaw puzzle. Now, I've said it before. I can beat off to just about anything. But I suck at jigsaw puzzles. And if I had a hard-on and I was trying to put one of those together to squeeze one out, it would take me a good two to three months. You know, and that's assuming that my wife doesn't come in here and mess all the pieces up, which she probably would, just to piss me off. Regardless, uh, the kid gets caught with a porno puzzle. Mom comes in and starts yelling and screaming, so he decides he's had enough. He gives her a couple whacks to the head with an axe. Oh, yeah. yeah, I feel like that was like a real huge overreaction to that puzzle. <laughs> the mom? Yeah. Yeah, the mom. I think the mom had a dusting of crazy as well. Yeah, she I comes in, she's like, be... your father's a pig, we're going to throw all this away. And the kid's like, well, wait a minute, I'm almost done here. And then, you know, yeah, all hell gets... breaks loose. Yeah, I was like, I don't think I'd be that mad if my kid was <laughs> like, hello, he's no. going he's gonna, to he's gonna be interested in that stuff for real, probably in another year or two if he wasn't already. But the, the best part of this scene is when the cops show up to discover uh, the grisly scene and they open up the closet to find mom's severed head sitting on the dresser, which uh-huh. is supposed to be terrifying, but the look on the, the face of the severed head was pretty uh-huh. fucking stupid. She had uh-huh. like a mildly confused yet distracted look for a severed head. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the worst part about it was that the dresser was like shoulder, shoulder high. So clearly it was just a dresser with a hole cut out that she stood behind. So that yeah. they could film this scene. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so now we're going to cut. The, the kid gets off because he's convinced the cops that somebody else did it and he's hiding in the closet. So now we cut to 40 years in the future in which uh, some similar murders are now going to take place at Boston College. 
Yeah, and he's like still had the dress that his mother was wearing. Oh, and the puzzle. Yeah, yeah it was gross. Yeah, I man. was like, ew. You would oh. think that would be like in an evidence locker or something. Yeah, right? Like, didn't they even care who killed that lady? I was like, what the fuck? I think they just wrote the whole thing off. Ah, some sicko out there. He'll uh, he'll turn up. <laughs> All right, anyway, so now we cut to 40 years in the future. Uh, we're now at Boston College, and we pick up with a young lady reading a book on the, uh, the lawn there, and the gardener, well, somebody dressed as the gardener comes up and cuts her head off with a chainsaw. Yeah. And from there, we get some, you know, standard giallo fair kills. We got a very hot chick swimming by herself in the pool, naked. Yeah, who does that? That was a university pool, wasn't it? Like, what what was she doing just taking her top off? (laughs) Well, Jessica, I like to think that that happens on a regular basis at most universities. Well, she said she gave a note to uh, the guy... Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she was hoping that that kid would show up. They were going to have sets in the pool. I don't know if that's a that's a good idea, especially a college work. pool. You know, well, first of all, that, that that doesn't work anyway. Like, that's not a good place to have sex. I've attempted yeah. it from time to time. Yeah, it's it's not that that in like a shower. No, yeah, I mean, a... unless, unless you want to like fall <laughs> and crack your head open. Well, I mean, for a klutz like you, yeah, you probably don't want to. <laughs> You want to put, like, a mattress down or something first. <laughs> it's like, you know, let's just get, get in the bed. Like, we don't have to be doing, like, any kind of circus act here. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, I'm it's like a slip and slide, really. <laughs> I'm too old for that shit. Like, I still remember some of this, the, my friends. Like, they, like, it would be like, my one friend would be like, oh, my back hurts. And I'm like, why? And she'd be like, oh, uh, I was having sex against the bathtub, like, she was leaning over the ba- bathtub, but like her, she was outside the bathtub with her back against the bathtub, and then like her head, like you know, going back into it. It was empty. But I'm like, who has sex like that? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, let's uh, let's take five. Let's let's take the fun bus into the bedroom, and we'll resume in there. I'm I'm okay with that. We don't have to do this right now, right here. <laughs> Good lord, man. I mean, I'm as horny as the next guy, but let's not injure ourselves. All right. Anyway, uh, so we got that one. We got the kill at the pool with the hot chick. We got another kill at the uh, the Jazzercise studio. Well, sort of. I think that chick, well, she got out and she got made it to the elevator and then she gets killed. Uh, while all that's going on, we have our two police detectives questioning people. Uh, one of the friends of the first girl to get killed, a guy by the name of Kendall, starts getting weirdo premonitions and like feelings about where to go and where not to go and how to <laughs> best, you know. And that's another thing that falls into the giallo subgenre is that sometimes psychics get brought into the equation. Mm. Yeah. Not usually heavily relied upon, but still floating around in the mix. Um, so that's all well and good. About halfway through this, we decide, okay, we've had two or three killings. We need to put a stop to this shit. We're going to take our, uh, our crack detective slash tennis pro superstar and put her in to the to college undercover like, and she's going to get to the bottom of this. Now that's all well and good. And I get that, but this part is very vexing to me and I don't understand it at all. She's walking down the, the campus at night and gets randomly attacked by a kung fu fighter. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. What in the blue hell is Liu Kang doing here? And why is he attacking this poor young lady walking by herself? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had some bad Chinese yeah, yeah, she fights him off, pulls a <laughs> weapon on him, and then another guy shows up and he's like, hey, is this guy giving... And then he just pops up. He's like, oh, so sorry. Oh, I have bad Chinese food. And she's like, like she's like, it's okay. Yeah. You, you just did a triple roundhouse on me. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, it happens. What is this dude even doing? And then that's that's it. That's the last we see of this guy. I was like, don't you know that's just a normal thing that happens? She's a police officer. Why don't you arrest him? <laughs> Actually, no, she was Right? She, well, she worked for the police department. Because I was going to say she was just a volunteer. She, I don't know. She <laughs> was in somehow embedded with the yeah. cops there. Yeah, she was undercover. But that was another thing. Like, some of the dialogue I thought was really stupid. Like, there was a murder. I guess it was the pool one where the girl is, you know, it's all, everything's like a pile of of her when right. they get there. And they're, they're asking some guy who's not even uh, a coroner 
or a medical doctor of any kind, oh, do you think a murder like this could be uh, committed? With Meanwhile, they're talking about the t- chainsaw that has blood all over it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, really? Think, like, yeah. Is this, is this a real just... question? Like, what is going on? Well, no. At, at one point, they just adopted Kendall into the police department. And they're like, okay, you're now the lead detective on this case. You've got to crack the case. <laughs> so at one point, they, they decide they're going to arrest Willard, the, the gardener. And right. like four cops show up to arrest him. And they're all like jumping yeah. on him. And then Kendall just rolls in and like, like does like a karate kick on him and takes him down. Oh, did you t- – uh, this thing – what I don't get though is uh, the – the dean actually touched the chainsaw too. No, that wasn't the dean. Wasn't that was Jack no, Taylor. No, that was a, yeah, that was the like professor. the psychology guy. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah. Now yeah. that, that yeah, I know, like who does that? Who te- who who touches the murder weapon in front of a pile of body parts? And you know somebody's been murdered, and that's more than likely the weapon. Why would you even touch it? Well, the silliest part is that the cops are just like parading people through there. And they're like, hey, does any of this stuff look familiar? Yeah, go ahead and pick it up. See if that feels right or something. <laughs> I like how he used the net to try to, gr- when he grabbed her. Oh, yeah. Use, like he's like he's scooping uh, a turd out of the pool. <laughs> I guess they're not going to, they're not concerned about preserving the integrity of the crime scene, apparently. No, they don't, they don't give a fuck, man. They're, they're too busy looking at uh, hot, hot college ass or something. I don't know. So I mean, and we get a couple more kills. They're all very fun. Um, we get the uh, the beheading. We get the uh, the drowning. Um, it's all good. We get a lot of cat and mouse action, and that's something else that's standard for the giallo. We will see the killer. We'll see his gloves, and we'll see his uh, yeah. footwear. We won't actually see the big reveal until the third act, which is exactly what happens here. When it is revealed, uh, if I um, apologize if I spoil this, but it is revealed that the killer is, in fact, the dean of the school. And uh, after they bust him, and we reach that conclusion based mainly on Kendall and his weirdo uh, psychic predictions. And now he's got like two hardened, hardened detectives following him around as if uh, he's now their supervisor somehow. Yeah. Okay, well, whatever. Um we also have a reporter that gets brought into the mix. I could be wrong, but I think at one point Kendall started nailing the reporter. Am I wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. A lot, there's a lot of know. naked chicks in this movie. And it's 1982, so like 30% of them look identical. And I think the reporter mm-hmm. and like three of Kendall's little girlfriends, they all looked exactly the same. I don't know. I like to think he was nailing the reporter because that is somehow hot to me. I just know. Oh, you can gag me. That'll be you know. Less yeah, noisy. yeah. She, yeah, she's freaky with it too, man. Yeah. she's down for whatever. I like that. You know, the other one that I thought was kind of crazy was there was a girl who was attacked in the elevator, but it turns out because I really thought that she was dead. Right. Because even after they opened the elevator, it was like she just looked like a pile of body parts. Right. But then later they were saying that he just had cut off her arms. Yeah. Yeah. So she was still alive. Sure. And they were trying to question her, but then the doctor acted like she was going to die anyway, and that was the last. I'm like, what? Sure. Like, I don't know. It was just the whole thing was so. That particular one was silly. And the other thing I noticed about these movies is that they all have the same, like, gore. The gore always looks the same in these movies. You mm-hmm. notice that? Like, they get their special effects from the same place or person or yeah i I don't know the blood's always like orangey and yeah i mean european cinema had a certain trend to it about that time frame where to they like they would they wouldn't use the same effects team but they would use the same formulas for various effects like uh for example the one that you just mentioned where she gets her arm cut cut off if you watch that scene and you pay attention you can tell that there's just a stick where her arm is and he just kind of knocks it off with the chainsaw, and that's her arm. It's fine. It's fine. It's 1982. What do you expect? Yeah. And that's pretty much your movie. I am not mad at this one at all. It's got everything well, I need. I'm, a, you know, it's standard giallo pacing. I like giallos by and large. You left the best um, part out. What's the best part, Dale? Oh, the the dead body at the end. <laughs> yeah. And the, the nut crunch squeeze. That was so like silly. Claw the nuts. And then squeeze them. Gives him a nice <laughs> fucking, like, crushing a pair of walnuts. Pop! And he was crying like yeah, a baby for a couple times. I thought that was times. really silly. That, that completely removed 
anything we just saw. Okay, so we're saying that the the dean uh, who killed his mom when he was a little boy has somehow. Um, I don't. I don't. Was that supposed to be his mom in the closet? No, it was supposed to be the attached body a person that, from body parts. Okay, that he like got the puzzle from okay. killing people. Like he made them. I guess he was trying to reassemble, like a you know, a like the puzzle. representation of his mother or the puzzle or something. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But it's a it's a dead lady, a dead yeah. dead clump of body parts, nonetheless. He wanted to pull a pu- puzzle, to a life. Okay. A Frankenstein. Puzzle. Right. But you think he was having sex with that thing? You know he Ew. was. You know he was, right? And somehow it came alive. And well, oh, just wow. for long enough to punch <laughs> to punch Kendall right in the nuts <laughs> and <laughs> pop them both like a pair of water balloons. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I tell you what, that's a story if I ever heard one. <clears throat> I mean, it's so gross to think of someone having sex with a dead body. Ugh. I don't care for it myself. Or, not that bi- I've done or body it, but... parts. Oh, right then. <laughs> and that is pieces. Uh, let's let's go ahead and say three positive things about pieces. I'll go first. I liked it, man. I liked the movie. I like. I'm I'm a big fan of Giallo's. Um, it's it's a bit predictable. If you know the formula and you know what to look for, you can you can spot the killer in any Giallo movie, like in the first ten yeah. minutes. Um, yeah. Plenty of nudity, plenty of blood, uh, exactly what you'd expect from a slasher taking place on a college campus, and I, it didn't leave me disappointed at all. I liked it all the way around. Dale, say something nice about pieces, you son of a bitch. The nut punch and pop. That was pretty fun. <laughs> that was wildly out of place, <laughs> right? <It's> like, ah! <laughs> in, in the space of the last 25 seconds of the movie, we went from a slasher to a zombie movie, I yeah, guess. I guess. Yeah, I just said, yeah, I just, that annoyed me because I was like, well, now all of a sudden there's some sort of a um, supernatural element. Because that, that makes sense, sure. Jessica, <laughs> say something nice about pieces, will you? I did like the opening scene. I remember um, that whenever I saw that, saw this movie the first time, that that kind of sucks you in. You it know? does, yeah. Um, I thought that was a good opening scene for sure. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, inmates. That was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, and Pieces for this episode of Shock Treatment. Thank you very much for joining us. Check out all the other shows here on the Padded Room Network. We've got Resurrection of Zombie 7. We've got Who Will Survive, Horror for Dummies, Wicked Wednesdays, Shock Treatment, my show, The Padded Room, and all kinds of other fun goodness. Go on over to paddedroompodcast.com and check all that shit out. Why don't you? In the meantime, you guys got anything else for this episode? No. Beanie? No. Alrighty. We'll see you next time with another episode of Shock Treatment. So you want to die, commit suicide, dial 1-800-CYANIDE-LINE. Fawn's like, yo, it ain't worth it, put a rope around your neck and jerk it. The trick didn't work, your life was fucked up from the first day of birth. After watching Jackie Gleason walk into a precinct, gun down a captain for no fucking reason. And get some LSD or a drink from the bar, get behind your wheel and crash the car. Like desert storm, got bombs for the war. Confront an alligator, let it eat your roar. Back to the function.